Well, it's that time of year again when every toy collector and their mothers seem to take stock and put together their top 10 or best off list of toys from the previous 12 months. Does it kind of get repetitive, redundant, or boring? Maybe, but despite all of that, there is one very good reason why almost everyone does it. It's hella fun. Top 10 lists. It's what every toy collector is doing at this time of the year. How these lists are put together, of course, varies from person to person. I mean, we all have our own tastes, preferences, and processes in determining what defines the best for us. I myself put out my first list way back in 2012. Wow, have I been collecting for that long? Anyway, while I've tweaked the presentation of my favorites from year to year, how I determine my top picks has basically remained constant. Are you guys familiar with that early 90s movie The Good Son starring Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood? Well, if you haven't, the gist of the story is that Culkin plays this psychopath son. His family is clueless, and the only one who knows the truth is his cousin played by Wood. Anyway, spoiler alert for a 30-year-old movie, but the climactic scene is set when Culkin's mom is holding both Culkin and Wood in each hand over a cliff with both kids insisting that they are innocent and that the other one is the psycho. And she has to let go of one of them to save the other. So anyway, every year I simply go over my list of stuff that I get and the ones that immediately jump out to me make it to the shortlist. Then I take two toys from that list and decide which one I like better. Basically put them in a good sun scenario where I'm holding onto a toy in each hand over a cliff and have to let go of one. Which would it be? The one I keep becomes number one and the one I let go of number two. And then one by one I take another new entry and compare them to the previous ones and just good sun them over and over and over again. And they move up and down the list accordingly. Eventually after dropping a whole bunch of toys off the proverbial cliff, I end up with my top 10 list. Now I admit that it's a rather crude, simplistic, and emotionally centered way of doing things. So this time around, I decided to try something a little more calculated. Like I said in the beginning, we as collectors have many reasons for ranking our toys the way we do. We all have different reasonings as to what makes a certain toy more special than another. So I thought about it and came up with six main categories that matter to me in determining a toy's worth in my collection. And they are price, quality, fun factor, presence, relevance, and nostalgia. So while many are self-explanatory, let's quickly go through each one. First up, price. Well, this is pretty simple enough. Was the price that I paid for the toy worth it? Or while it may not be the be-all or end-all, overpaying or getting a really great deal on something does contribute to my overall enjoyment of said toy. Next, quality. How well put together is the toy? Is it solid? Or does it have loose or gummy joints? Does it fall apart? How is the paint deco on the toy? Crisp and clear or sloppy? Fun factor. While I don't actually play with my toys per se, I do fiddle around with them. And while this pertains more to toys like Transformers, some being simply awful to transform back and forth, action figures can be fun too with factors like number of accessories and articulation points, adding to numerous posing and display possibilities. Presence. This doesn't always pertain to the size of the toy, although that can play a big part in this category. Basically, when placed on the shelf, does the toy stand out, or is it just swallowed up by everything else? Relevance. How relevant is this toy in my hobby? 
Does it fall into one of my main collections like Transformers, Marvel Legends, G.I. Joe, Star Wars, or Masters of the Universe? Does the toy add to or even complete a group or team? Or is this a one-off or impulse buy kind of thing that really doesn't make much sense in the bigger picture of my collection? And finally, nostalgia. Possibly one of the strongest factors that drives most adults into collecting again. Nostalgia. How nostalgic is this toy to me? Is it something I used to have and played around with a lot as a kid? How many happy memories does this toy or character bring back to me? You know how this goes. Nostalgia can go a long way for me in my book. And that's it. So with each toy in my shortlist, I rank how they fall in each category on a scale of 1 to 10 and add everything up for a final score out of 60 points. Sounds simple enough, yeah? Yes, I know that the points assignment is rather arbitrary in itself, but this whole ranking thing is as well. I'm just trying to lay out my thought process more. For example, let's take a toy that I got in the last 3 months that I quite enjoyed but didn't make the final top 10. Let's call it an honorable mention. Warthog a third-party masterpiece rendition of the Autobot Powerglide by Fans Toys. Now I know that this is a rather controversial choice as many collectors consider this to be one of the worst releases by Fans Toys in quite some time. But you know what? I really liked it. I didn't find the engineering and transformation too complicated as many did, and I loved how they managed to convert a smallish robot into a rather large plane. Anyway, let's run Warthog through my categories, shall we? For price, I gave it a 6. For while he was a bit pricey, I felt it was reasonable considering how many other fans' toys releases I consider overpriced. Quality, I gave an 8, since despite his perceived shortcomings in design, he is painted beautifully, and for the most part, is a fairly solid toy. For fun factor, I gave him a 6, since while I myself didn't find his engineering and transformation headache-inducing, I do recognize that it is more involved than most other transformations. And while I actually do enjoy transforming him, he is definitely not a transformer you can fiddle with often. For presence, I gave him a 7. Like I said, he's a smallish robot and so he just blends in with my Season 2 Autobots display. Relevance is higher at an 8, as Powerglide the character is important in completing the Season 2 minibots and Autobot lineup. And finally, Nostalgia is very low at a 5, since Powerglide was never one of my favorite Transformers growing up, and the only reason I have him is based on relevance to my collection. So adding all this up, Warthog gets a total score of 40 out of 60 points. And so there you have it! So with that out of the way, I'll just do a quick run through other honorable mentions for toys that I got in the last quarter of 2023 that didn't quite make my list and their respective scores. Anyway, now that we've got all that established, let's get started with the updated and final top 10 list for 2023. Now right out of the gate, I've already hit a snag with 3 entries tying with a score of 45 for spots 10 to 8. So who gets what slot? Well we go back to my good son method, and the first toy I would end up dropping off the cliff would be Marvel Legends Pretty Boy for the 10th spot. Despite scoring mostly 7s and 8s, what did him in was his price, scoring a 6. 
Since he was released in a box set of ex-villains that I didn't want to outright get, I ended up paying a little premium buying him loose. Still, despite his price, like I said, he scores pretty decently in everything else. As far as ex-villains go, I love the Reavers, and Pretty Boy is my favorite of the bunch. He may be thin and spindly, but that maniacal head sculpt packs in a lot of personality. Coming one major step closer to completing my Reavers is a great way to start off this list. At number 9, we have the other end of the spectrum of Marvel Legends with The Blob. For the longest time, this guy has been one of the major missing pieces in my Marvel Legends collection. Sure, there was the older Toy Biz Blob as a possible option, but aside from being quite costly to hunt down, I never felt that he fit aesthetically with the Legends figures from the Hasbro era. While he felt a little overpriced for what he was, he scored on the higher average on the fun and nostalgia factor with his popular line from the one-off episode Pride of the X-Men, NOTHING STOPS THE BLOB, playing in my ear. His best scores though were in Presence and Relevance, both at a 9. Given how big this guy is, there is no missing him on the shelf, and the fact that he literally helps fill out three important subgroups, X-Men Villains, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, and Freedom Force, makes him very relevant to my collection. Number 8 brings us Fans Toys Recorder and his tapes. This is their version of a masterpiece blaster. Prior to this, I already had a pretty, pretty, pretty good version of an MP blaster with deformation spaces recording alliance. But in the end, my Fans Toys fanaticism won over common sense. To be fair, I do find Recorder's finish and transformation much, much better than my previous blaster, and his tapes are top-notch and a major improvement over my previous versions. So he gets 9 in both fun factor and quality. These guys just rank fairly low in nostalgia because, well, as a character, Blaster never really did anything for me. But all in all, this is a really good set of toys, and I'm a fan. See what I did there? Coming in at number 7 is Fans Toys Variator. Their crack at the masterpiece version of the Autobot Gears. Given that he probably doesn't rank very high in many Transformer fan favorites list, who doesn't love a good Grump? Up to this point, the only decent MP version of Gears was, well, Grump by Batcube released way back in 2017. And despite being a fairly competent representation of Gears on the shelf, after so many years he was really starting to show his age. So coming to the rescue is Fans Toys, who seem to be set at giving us the only masterpiece minibots we will ever need. First came Braun, then Huffer, then Cliff, all three being pretty solid releases to varying degrees. And it's safe to say that Variator continues their minibot streak. Like most Fans Toys releases, he scores high in quality with his really great finish. A little more surprising though is his high score at Fun Factor. As while not simplistic by any stretch of the imagination, his transformation is, dare I say, quite fun for an MP release. And finishing it off, as a member of both the original art crew and first six minibots, he scores rightfully high in relevance to my collection, giving him a final score of 46. Next up is another surprise entry that I didn't expect to rank so high. The Retro Movie Styled Seekers. Now anyone who knows me or who is familiar with my channel knows that apart from being a Transformers fan, I am more specifically what I call myself a Seeker whore. I am a huge fan of the original three Decepticon jets, Starscream, Skywarp, and especially Thundercracker. Given that, I have taken as many opportunities to complete as many versions of this group as possible. 
But for the longest time, one glaring set missing from my Seeker collection were the original vintage versions. And so, when the opportunity presented itself for me to get this set of animated-inspired decos of the original vintage toys at a highly discounted rate, scoring an 8 for price, I took it, thinking I was just checking off another random box in my collection. But I was not expecting just how many strong memories they would bring back to me, being that the Diaclone Blue Jet, which was later turned into Thundercracker, was my very first ever Transformers toy as a kid. Anyway, objectively speaking, as toys, these aren't much, scoring a paltry 5 for fun factor. They're basically bricks with wings, really. But in terms of relevance, as the first ever versions of these guys, they are integral to my Seeker collection, scoring a 9. And as for nostalgia, well, that is just a pure solid 10. With a final score of 47, these guys were quite a surprise for me at the 6th spot. Next up at number 5 is Studio Series 86 Ultra Magnus. First, there was Transformers Siege Ultra Magnus released in 2019. But he was more of a stylized Cybertronian version of the City Commander. So when the more earthly Kingdom version came out in 2021, Siege was promptly sold off. But this newer version was more of an extensive retool of the Siege mold. So while it was supposed to be Earth Mode Magnus, I still found it lacking. So when Hasbro finally released their Studio Series 86 Ultra Magnus in 2023, well, it was goodbye to Kingdom. Yes, I am weak and the newer shinier toy will almost always grab my attention. But to be fair, unless they release a self-transforming Magnus next, I think that this Studio Series version is the last Magnus I will really need for my Chug collection. No, really. Scoring 8s and 9s across the board, this is a great toy period. It has presence, he's a key member of the 86 movie cast, is fun to fiddle around with, and I got him at a significant discount as well. The only reason Magnus isn't any higher is because of nostalgia, of which I don't have much for this character. Yup, I'm not a big fan of Ultra Magnus. But this toy? This toy is something I can definitely deal with. Number 4 from the very start, I have always associated G.I. Joe with the 118th scaled figures. From collecting the original A Real American Hero O-Rings as a kid, to the later 25th anniversary onwards as an adult. So when Hasbro launched the bigger 112th scale classified line a few years ago, I mostly stayed away from it. But with no 118th scale Joes currently coming out, I did need something to scratch my G.I. Joe collecting itch. Enter Super 7's Ultimate G.I. Joe line. Despite being on the larger scale, their unique cartoon aesthetic ultimately won me over. That and the fact that their slow, slow, slow release schedule would make collecting yet another toy line easier on the wallet. While I was skeptical at first, it didn't take long for this line to completely win me over. The first wave was one hell of a strong one, with the Cobra Bat, Snake Eyes, and Duke all being really solid figures. But the star of the wave turned out to be the one I was least excited to get. Initially considered to be one of those checkbox purchases. I mean, I do need the top snake on any decent G.I. Joe display. Super 7 Ultimate's Cobra Commander is no doubt the winner of this wave. I don't know, there's just something about him. He's not wildly articulated or riddled with details. He's just a no-nonsense Cobra Commander. There's just so much charm in the pureness of this plastic rendition of a classic 80s villain. 
Straight 8s across the board with a solid 10 for relevance in the collection. Plants this guy firmly at the 4th spot. Next up at number 3 is another strong entry from the Studio Series 86 line. The Dinobot Snarl. From the moment he was officially announced, Snarl was one of my most eagerly anticipated Transformers of the year for two main reasons. First was that prior to his official reveal, there was this rumor going around that unlike the previously released Dinobots from the Studio Series 86 line, who were all appropriately leader class sized, Snarl and the other remaining Dinobot swoop would be released at a smaller Voyager scale class. Which didn't make much sense, but it was a widely circulating rumor. Secondly, I just felt that of all the Dinobots, Snarl is the one that gets the least love, which to be fair, kinda fits in with his loner-type personality. He tends to fade into the background, often overshadowed by his more popular teammates. Case in point, he was literally in the animated movie in a single blink-and-you'll-miss-it scene. But it's for this latter reason that I actually like Snarl. A lot. He goes back and forth with Slag as my favorite Dinobot on the team. Fortunately, that Voyager rumor turned out to be false and we got a properly sized Snarl. I have been a big fan of the Studio Series 86 Dinobots ever since the first release of Grimlock in 2021. And all biases aside, I think that Snarl is the best constructed Dinobot toy so far. So no low scores for this guy all around. All 8s and 9s for a total of 51, giving him a well-earned and deserved spot at number 3. For number 2, we have Marvel Legends Hawkeye and Mockingbird. Okay, so I guess some would call this a cheat. But what can I say? As founding members of one of my favorite superhero teams of all time, the West Coast Avengers, Hawkeye and his on and off again partner Mockingbird just belong together. And so for me, it's quite apt that we finally get perfect, or in the case of Mockingbird, close to perfect plastic renditions of these two Marvel Legends. Given that Hawkeye is one of the more iconic Avengers of all time, it's quite puzzling at how long it took for us to get this classic version of the Avenging Archer. As for Mockingbird, with the current climate regarding the negativity over female heroes with skimpy or risque costumes, I figured that this version of Mockingbird had all but gone the way of the dodo. But here she is, in all her leggy glory. While Hasbro definitely missed the opportunity of releasing a better Bobby by not giving us more voluminous sleeves care off the previously released Lady Deathstrike, I'll take it. Anyway, while Hasbro definitely didn't make it easy for us to get this pair, including Mockingbird in a multi-figure box set and throwing in a Sky Cycle with Hawkeye, which gave them their lowest score in price at 7, I still think these two are well worth the extra cost. On the brighter side, since it took so long for these two to come out, both Hawkeye and Mockingbird benefit from more up-to-date production designs with pinless joints and more detailed facial sculpts and paint. Mockingbird especially sports a really beautiful and vibrant head sculpt full of personality. At the end of the day, with perfect tense in both relevance and nostalgia, these two finish strong at number 2. And that leaves us with the top spot, which must belong to something big in order to top the one-two punch of Hawkeye and Mockingbird. Or does it? For those of you who are familiar with me and my thought processes when it comes to things like my favorite lists, this really shouldn't come as much of a surprise. My number one for 2023, the Black Series Wicket W. Warwick. As I've said time and time again, when it comes to collecting toys as an adult, at least for me, Nostalgia is king. It's the initial spark 
that lights up this desire in me to relive all those happy childhood memories I experienced growing up in the 80s. And what a memory it was for me to be in the U.S. in the summer of 1983 amidst the hype of the release of Episode 6, Return of the Jedi. As a kid from the Philippines, I had the extremely fortunate and enviable opportunity to watch what was then supposedly the last Star Wars movie months before any of my friends and classmates back home. And the hype all around me was palpable. I remember getting totally engrossed reading my Return of the Jedi official comic book adaptation, Spoilers Be Damned, and munching on some Pepperidge Farm Star Wars cookies while drinking some Kool-Aid from my Return of the Jedi cup. And from the moment I saw those small furry guys on the movie screen, it was love at first sight. As the intended target demographic, I was completely sold on the Ewoks, and not surprisingly, Wicket was my obvious favorite of the bunch. The original vintage Wicked toy was my favorite action figure for many, many years. He was the star of almost all my playtime scenarios and set a permanent residence inside my pocket as I took him everywhere I went. So you can imagine just how much anticipated this new updated Black Series version of my favorite Ewok was. Getting him in hand was like being reunited with an old and dear friend. Like I mentioned before, Nostalgia comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes, and for me, a good number of my happiest childhood memories come in the form of this little brown dude. So when I got this guy early on in 2023, he yub his way straight to my favorites list, and easily stayed at the very top right up until the end. And there you have it. The year 2023 is officially in the books. So what about you guys? What have been some of your favorite toy purchases from the past year? What factors do you consider when coming up with your choices? Let me know in the comments below and tell me your story. Thanks for watching Stories from the Toy Shelf. If you enjoyed this story, please help me out by giving it a like, comment, and subscribe to the channel to get notifications whenever I upload a new story. Until the next one.